0: Some of you have already seen this little chart. Those of you on the... Uh, what you want to make sure is you have programs for each level and help with relationships and communication to move people from one level to the next. Page 10 in the notes, uh, you if have over? a big packet. That, that explains, that has a chart that you can even See. use. This page gives you some steps to say, ask you some questions. Which functions are working well? Which ones are missing? and uh, something about how we can improve and do some other things. And when you want to think about reaching new people, what's the group, what are their needs, and what are some programs you can use to meet those needs? Okay, that was that lecture. Any questions? Have <laughs> you That the, the best way to uh, break those barriers is through the multiplication of cell groups, and I will take all day tomorrow and a little bit on Saturday to explain what cell groups are and how are they differ from regular Bible study groups, etc., etc., etc. That's my own personal preference. However, you can take a traditional type of church structure and groups and get people starting to focus on reaching out to people, and you can multiply even those kinds of groups, and it would be helpful. So, there are, there's more than one way to do it. Smaller churches are like specialty shops. Larger churches are more like supermarkets. And God loves both large churches and small churches. He measures whether they're, whether they're really doing the job well is by based on how well they're responding to the leadership that He's trying to give for what He would want to do in that church. Some churches can remain intentionally small and start all sorts of other churches all over the place, and that's perfectly okay, and God is very happy with that. God is also pleased with churches that grow to be larger and win more people to Christ and start churches out of that. And one thing I would say is I'm for all churches of all sizes. Because it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. So if you're winning people to Christ and building a maturity in Christ, then I like what you're doing. And it doesn't matter to me whether you're traditional or cell church or whatever. Are you making more and better disciples is the most important question. If you're doing that, I like it. How's that for eclectic? Forget it. (laughs) Okay, I think I have time for one more. Basically... A full-time pastor can be supported with ten families that will tithe, because the pastor's tithe can pay some of the expenses. Then the Pastors ja für die Nebenkosten aufkommen. Fifty to sixty can 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 cover one pastor. When pastor do you start looking for second staff? One hundred fifty. That's about same as U.S. How many of you find yourself in that type of situation? Now, the, these comments that I'm making will also be useful for people that are only serving one congregation but where the, uh, the church is very traditional and it might be very hard to introduce change. Sometimes people get overwhelmed because they seem like there's so many places where there needs to be work and it's hard to know where to start. In particular, the, there's a problem where there's multiple churches because often the role and expectation of the pastor is to be like the chaplain, Now, here's what I would suggest. I would first suggest that you find one or two other pastors that you can meet with in a support group. Now, that would be even helpful for those of you in established churches. One thing I would pray about while I'm here is to say, Lord, are there people here that have been to this conference that I could form into like a little network where we could encourage each other and continue to say, how can we continue to learn and apply what we've been discovering here? You could be Barnabases to each other, and thus help to coach each other through how are you going to apply this in your own situation. And if you want more on the coaching idea, the church management uh, seminar dealt with that quite a bit. By getting into a network with other leaders, you can have a safe environment where you can talk to one another and think through the possibilities and what might be the best steps to take in implementation. It's much better to have some friends in private help you think through more carefully what you're doing than to to go ahead and make a presentation and not do well in your own setting. I find that that there'll there'll be Three groups of people that will come out of this conference. There are those of you that are very strong, catalytic leaders. You've already gotten all the ideas you need, and you'll be able to go and implement them without any problem. And God bless you. That's wonderful. The second group of people are going to be those of you that that go home excited, or you have some some desires to, to see some changes happen. And you're gonna try to implement this all by yourself and you'll have varying degrees of success, but eventually you'll get discouraged. And the notebook will go on the shelf right next to all the other seminar notebooks that you have on your shelf. And months later, you'll look back and fondly say, yes, that was a great seminar. But in terms of whether it made much of a difference, the answer would be not really. I'm I'm suggesting that most of you may need to be in a third group. To team up with one or two other people so you can support and encourage each other so that you don't forget what's been gone on, what's, what's happened here. And you can have mutual coaching and encouragement to be, continue the implementation process step by step. The amount of material that we've been covering during this week to fully implement would take you probably between three to five years. I don't say that to discourage you. I say that to encourage you because I've actually given you a framework that can actually implement all of this stuff in a systematic way, step by step by step. But you will notice that I have not given you specific methods, nor have I given you the simple formula to say, do it this way and it will work. I have tried to give you, however, a comprehensive set of principles That can be applied in any situation. You will need to pray and ask the Lord to give you guidance to know what to do next and what is the next most important thing to focus on. Effective leaders do first things first, and they do one thing at a time. And if you prayerfully do first things first and do one thing at a time under the guidance of the Holy Spirit over the long haul, you will see change happen. But the problem is that most of us don't have the Um, endurance or persistence to stay with it consistently, month in and month out, to continue to take the next steps. That's why the formation of these informal uh, pastoral support groups could be very, very helpful to stay with it over the long term. Because some of your situations are very, very uh, complex, but not insolvable. Number two, I would suggest that you you commit yourself to prayer and to commit yourself to pray for each other and to recruit a team of intercessors that can pray with and for you during this process of seeking to implement change. Because you well realize that if anything is going to happen, God must be involved in that process. And so don't forget the prayer as a very vital part of what's going on. And some of these people you get on your prayer team may not be a part of your church. They may be other people in your networks outside of the context of the church that would pray with you and be a partner to you and support to you in this in this work. The second thing I would the third thing I would suggest, it's a share a piece of counsel for those of you that share in three churches, but those of you that are serving in one church, pay attention. Because there's a principle behind what I'm sharing that I want to then draw out for you as well. As you look at these three churches, it would not be wise to try to implement the change process in all three churches simultaneously. For one, you might go crazy trying to keep it all straight. For another, you'll find some places where there'll be extreme resistance. And it would not be wise to try to fight three battles simultaneously. What would wisdom suggest that you do? Two two churches pray while I'm working with a third. (laughs) Suggest that you find the church that would be the most open to change or the most willing to, to work with you or would have the potential with cultivating a relationship. So find the one that's not the toughest. Find the one that has the most... Hope or promise. So let's say that Church A happens to be that church. Now what you're what you're doing there is you're finding the places where there are some opportunities. Now see in a in another type of of, of church setting, if you're only serving one church, what would be the application of that principle? If uh, you're be- just serving one church, start with the people that are willing to work with you. That's the principle. Now you have to be careful not to totally ignore. The, the leaders, the elders, if that's the you know, the, the power group, but there's often elders that are willing to work with you too. So there's two types of people you're looking for. You're looking for the people at the grassroots that would be willing to work with you, and you would find the elders that are willing to work with you. While you're doing that, don't forget all the the notions of vision casting and processing of people and all that stuff I've laid out for you already. I'm just giving you a specific application, so don't forget the rest of the context. So, number one, I'm saying work with people that are willing to work with you. Number two, build on islands of strength. It's always easier to find something that's sort of working the way it's supposed to and make it better than it's, to start with something that isn't working at all like you want and try to make it start working that way. The third thing I would suggest is to find the places of opportunity and find the places of opportunity where there's going to be the least resistance. So you find a place where you can do something where there's not going to be very much opposition. Uh, one one uh, leader put it this way, you find the hallways or the corridors of, of relative indifference and you run down those. And when you do that, you you can get some change implemented without uh, going after the hardest thing. The 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 other principle you want to work with is to f- work with people that can in fact multiply themselves. Das andere Prinzip and ist dies. in some cases that will be an elder or a leader that has great deal of influence. In other cases, it might be a new Christian that you could work with to get a new kind of group started,
1: Oder es and then reach new
0: people. And so those are some of the suggestions I would have.